February 20th, 24th, and March 2nd. They're back. St. Louis City kicks off season two and right out of the gate, we're loaded up with some home options. Now, the average game experience is roughly about three to three and a half hours. So what do you do with the rest of the day or the weekend, right? Well, go to explorestl.com and put together your perfect city package. Hotel, eats, and all your other needs for a brilliant weekend are all in one spot. Now, the Crondelet Westbrooks, a father-son combo that can both be found in the St. Louis Soccer Hall of Fame. 70 years worth of stories sat down with us surrounding the game we all love, including a story about Harry Keough literally breaking the neighborhood goal with a shot. Really. So, let's go. We're back. Rest in peace. You know, <laughs> oh. you know what I'm doing there, You're right? not a fan, are you? We got Listen, I, I'm we not going to say no. But I'm not a fan of Toby Keith, who just died a couple days ago. If you did, I would punch you in the face. <laughs> you know, is he the father of bro country? No, I don't know that he's the father of anything. He's just that. too... He's too America for you to say you don't like him. Too, too America. <laughs> well, I always wondered if, like, Solo Cup, Company, Corp, cut him in on some of uh, I, the profits. So I actually sold into... Dart, which was the Solo Cup company, yeah, uh, years ago, and that song drastically impacted their sales in a positive way. Well, obviously you're listening. We're back now. This episode of the the Soccer Dad Pod, we're rolling in with a little Toby Keith. Uh, rest in peace. Um, cancer, yet another to cancer. Stomach cancer. <clears throat> yeah, and it's. Uh, it's funny because it's one thing like Toby Keith. Everybody, uh, I, I compare Toby Keith to kind of a lot like my my personal beer uh, trajectory. We've talked about this a number of times. Yeah, right? you you start yeah. off poor, cheap, and yellow. Sure. So you're just like yellow ish, Meisterbrow, what, whatever is sub five dollars for as many as you can get, and then you get a little bit of money and you start drinking. A red beer or a, oh, God forbid, a black beer, right? Yes. And then you get into, I don't know, 17 flavors of bong water. And now you're a Miller Lite guy. And now I'm back, right? Toby Keith to me, like, eh, when I was a kid, country music was like, ah, oh, whatever. And then it was like, no, I hate country music because I was cool. Sure. Right? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm not going to like country music. And then as I get older, guys like Toby Keith, I'm in. So Toby Keith is in that that realm for me in country music diamond rio is up there for me like I, I can listen to those guys well jared what's his song you know the song obviously i love i this love this bar. bar exactly yeah that's which, the name of the song i love which, this bar. which which was a great segue because whenever i was taking notes for the show today in preparation of thank thanking those that help support the show and spread the show and yeah. keep us going explore st louis explore stl.com brought me to just like the other day, you know, we ran through the burger options. Yep. Bars. St. We Louis have has those, a few. We have bars in St. Louis? Yeah, apparently. Yeah. And they're open 
Like open? That serve alcohol. So legally, they're supposed to close, but technically they're open 24-7. <laughs> yeah, there are some late night spots. <laughs> so here's what I want to do in honor of ExploreSTL.com and all their support for the show and Toby Keith's I Love This Bar. We're going to do a quick, another rapid fire. Oh, I love boy. the rapid fire. We're going to start off with Dive Bar. Best Dive Bar. Go, Jerry. French Quarter. Oh, you are. French Quarter in Bowen. It's a Mardi Gras themed or a New Orleans style themed bar in Bowen. Dive bar, a lot of fun. That's St. Louis County cop out. I'm going Arena Bar and Grill. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. oh, Arena. I like yeah. that. Yep. Yeah. And I can go, Nick's Pub is pretty awesome, too. Nick's is good. Do you know what Arena has now in there when you go in there? Ping Pong? Ping, ping pong. pong. Yeah, we played. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's right. We yeah. were in there. there, yeah. there. Zach has gotten murdered at Ping Pong. That's not uh, true. I, by see, the I thought you would have went a different direction. I thought you would have went the pinball route. Well, I mean, there's up down. There's a lot of other silver, silver ballroom. Ball well, uh, in waiting this room. show specifically, we have to go Arena Bar and Grill. It's right next to the Checker Dome. And how many Steamers Legends have we had? No, you're not wrong. Uh, to a degree, but I'm going to go Tim's Chrome Chrome Bar down in uh, uh, Bebo. That's a good one. Well. I, that's oh, a I think you took me there once. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, uh, total dive bar. Nobody the, will find you. Now the, people are going to find me. So what's we should the place not have over by it. Blue City? Uh, Blue City. Ooh, that's got all the eclectic. Uh, oh, Venice Cafe. Venice, Venice Cafe's Cafe. hitting too. That's, I wouldn't. Okay. I wouldn't call that a dive. Second bar. part of this favorite quote, popular air quotes, popular bar, St. Louis City. Where do you go? I, I should say, where do you send a tourist? If somebody says, "I'm coming into town for 24 hours, I need a bar," where should I go? Where do you send them? Go. I. I mean, I'm going to do it around a city game, and I'm going to Maggie O'Brien's. I see what you did there. Zach, you got Ugh. one? So many. I, I mean, I'll save you a little bit. Keep thinking. I'm sending them to John D. McGurk's. McGurk's is my, mm. my go-to. That's, so, they, that's, so they can get yeah. a little live, uh, little, little live jig on stage. Yeah. yeah. McGurk's, you cannot beat for the Irish food, the Irish music. Always have live music. All right. Where are you going? Where are you sending them? I, honestly, and if you say Broadway, the valley. No, no, no. Broadway Oyster Bar. I, that's that's another good one. I just love that place. Honorable, Again, mention, music. honorable mention goes to uh, Honky Tonk Bar down on Broadway. Not too far from Broadway. JB and Ryan, Binkley's yeah, brothers. If you if, if you like Nashville and you go to Nashville and you go to Broadway and you love that vibe. Similar vibe. It's it's that. For sure. Go check it out. Yep. ExploreSTL.com for more. Check them out. Uh, Ambush. Ambush, actually, uh, we talked about it in the last episode. They're winning games. Um and they've got a game coming up. I'm going to pull up my notes because I took notes today. I told you I was going to take notes. Uh, 210, February 10th. So that's in three nights? That's Saturday. Saturday, Tacoma. Go online, get your tickets, head out, take the kids. Coldest beer in St. Charles County. That's a team right now that nobody in that league wants to play. I agree. They and got it rolling. Yep. I'm, I'm excited for them. And, and it's a much better uh, choice than going to Soulard. Yeah. I'll give you that. <laughs> on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> Mardi Gras. Where I'll be. Sorry, Explorer STL. <laughs> uh, which brings us to one of the favorite parts of the show for many of our listeners. I uh, need to thank uh, Chris, Bill, and Pete over there, PinnacleLoans.com, uh, ThePinnacleLoans.com, uh, which, by the way, you reminded me, they are so fast at pre-approvals. You can go to Milo's across the street from their office, play a game of bochi, and it's pronounced bochi. It's not bachi. It's Bochi. It's Bochi. And in our segment, and by the time you're done with your game, they've got you ready. Milo's oh, wow. Milo's goes into that segment that we just previously oh, yeah, did. Sure. That's that's a stopping. That, 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 that's a that's a check mark place to stop at as well. Yeah, I'm with you. 
Uh, which brings us to pinnacle points of the day. Jared, you said you had 17 of them ready. How about we start <laughs> with one? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with this one. Um, I'm going to give it a little bit of a background. Uh, a friend of mine, Brian Haddikin, played at SLU. His dad, uh, 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 Mr. Coach Haddigan, uh famous soccer player here, um, this week, did you guys catch on social media, um, DeSmet High School, um, Brian has a special needs kid going to, he's a freshman at DeSmet High School. Oh, the half court. And at the end of he Catholic Schools Week, uh, Aiden Haddikin is his name. They gave him the ball at half court. He heaved it left-handed, all net. Um, well, did you I, see what he did before, though? Yeah, he before he got, up the crowd. He sat there. He's both arms waving up. Come on. And the know? cool part of the story is, is in, in our in our in our little backyard here in St. Louis, um, people with special needs, um, the Catholic schools is not a route for them usually. And, and where he went to grade school and what the Smets done with their program. It's awesome they have there. There's a lot of kids that went to grade school with him that are now at the Smet. Um, he's Mr. Big Shot now after making that. The the, the shot went viral. Did it make been, ESPN? It or made it, it, yeah. it, There's been Taylor Twelman's <clears throat> commented on it. And shout out to Aiden. Shout out to Brian. Um, bring and awareness. To shout yeah. out to DeSmet. What a phenom- what what a phenomenal moment. What a great shot! Go, Aiden. Uh, well, I'm gonna add a I'm gonna add a small B to that one because Desmet just announced today that starting in 25, they're expanding the school to uh, sixth, seventh, and eighth grades as well. Really? Oh, wow! I didn't I didn't know that. Yeah, that's Good a for that. I mean, that's a big deal in the St. Louis middle school market. Absolutely. So, kudos to Desmet. Well done, uh, Zach. What you got? I I I've referenced it a couple times, but this Saturday, the 10th, is the Soulard Mardi Gras. Festivities. I can't yeah, go. I'm what's, not what's your pinnacle point? The pinnacle that? point is we are a top ten destination for Mardi Gras celebrations you know in the, the country. S- it's the second largest. It's not. <laughs> Fact check. They're not the second. It was well, in the nineties in the sure early nineties. Not in the last thirty years. You fact checked that? <laughs> I absolutely did. Because I don't want to. I don't want to misrepresent. Why? It doesn't matter who's really it listening. Does. I mean, we've got some really good people sitting across from us right now. <laughs> I don't want to make stuff up. So we're top ten, maybe sixth in the country, to be frank about um, attendance well, and things you, like you, that. But you do know why we fluctuate and why the more weather bingo. <laughs> yeah, the weather when it's twenty degrees on Saturday for Soulard Mardi Gras. We have a lower crowd. It's supposed to be 60 on Saturday. It's going to be absolutely insane. Well, you know, it's okay, New nice. Orleans is number yeah. one, and number two, three, four, and five it's are like probably Pensacola, Mason yeah, Dixon. They're all, they're all Southern. Like, come yeah, on. for sure. How many French neighborhoods are down now, there, really? I do have a non Mardi Gras pinnacle point. It's something that I had to give. Okay, I, go this ahead. hurts. This hurts. I have to give Jared credit. Oh. Uh, one bourbon, one scotch. Yes, he yeah. was right. It's one bourbon, one scotch, one beer. I didn't even say it because I knew it. I know, it just, and I, I was. I, I'm the one who puts the song on in my car with the windows down. I know, but usually, if it's a break. music thing, I'm going. I'm siding with JB. I think and that I, I'm sorry. I, think I, I was wrong. Out of habit, I assumed he was wrong. Out of habit, I assumed you were right. And I was wrong. <laughs> now I, I have to give a shout out to Shore, my cousin up in Connecticut. She's the one that called us out on it, and she's so we have a, a listener in Connecticut. Well, thank you, Whalers. Yeah, thank you, Shore. There we go. Because uh, I, I want I got another one. Go pinnacle point. My pinnacle point. Uh, I want to talk about the MLS grant announcement. Oh, can't Ooh, wait. Ooh, yeah. Um, 
This is big, big news. And this is like kind Huge. of the, the tip of the iceberg of what this really means. Uh, long story short, for those of you that are listening, MLS Grant, what, what is it? What is that all about? Well, basically, the MLS, the clubs, the, the league as a whole, is now going to start rewarding via this grant program uh, a TBD amount of money because I, I've talked to sources. <laughs> um, the dollar amount has not been determined. Uh, the the parameters have not been determined, but it is a more formalized process for players to come up through MLS academies that do make it to MLS squads and are signed, homegrown and or other, that there is now a compensation model via this grant. For the development <clears throat> academy. For the development academy. So it's, it's the... Gallagher's, who happen to have two on that list. Yeah. It's the Lufuses, it's the Westons, it's the Strikers. It's everybody that is not an MLS So as club. an example, Caden Glover. And Tyson Pierce. And Tyson Pierce, who both trained and were developed at Gallagher. St. Louis Scott Gallagher. Sorry, Jason. Yep. Now... We'll put an asterisk next to that for you. I said Glover. Glover. No, that... Oh, no. the development side. Yes. Yeah, and the steamers. Yeah. <laughs> but they're not part <laughs> of the grant program. Lawnmower and American Bulldog was not that instrumental. <laughs> yeah. The club that's getting the credit for it is Gallagher. That's all I'm trying to say. Uh, they will get a certain undetermined amount of, of dollars now because Tyson and Caden have signed professional contracts with St. Louis City. Yeah, and so there were 10 kids. There were 10 kids that were uh, designated in this first round. Two... We're from St. Louis, two Scott from Gallagher. Gallagher. Uh, two are from Sacramento Republic. Uh, and then some of the other Irvine. teams. Weston, uh, Irvine, I believe, had one. Uh, Bar Barca Academy, Academy had one. Yeah. Yep. And a few others. So It's Bartha what Academy. Whatever. Oh, gosh. Dude, I don't care. Guy. Hey. Look, no, but here's my point, though. We th This is long overdue. If you're going to have a professional league and you're going to lean into youth development... If you do not follow the model of all the established countries in the world that have this exact model, you, you, the money needs to funnel down to the originators yeah. so that you're incentivizing the originators to be better. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. And it makes it more of an even playing field now, as well. Now, the one thing is, though, again, they haven't got the uh, limitations as to how they can spend the money. My guess is it's going to be forced into scholarship or which ain't a bad thing anyway. Yeah, no. Yeah, you know, and again, which my my sources, SLSG, they're gonna do it right, and when they do announce it, everybody's gonna be like, "Damn, that's really smart." All right. So kudos to them. This pinnacle is gonna point. be Go ahead. pinnacle point four. It's gonna be a segue into our wonderful guest today. Today is National Girls and Women's in Sports Day. We have a gentleman and a son of him today that have spent a lot of their time in the women's game. And I just enjoyed, I'm a social media guy, I just enjoyed all of the women that I follow and all of the pride in, in the retweets, the tweets, the social media, Facebook, all that stuff today. Because uh, today's a special day. Women in sports and women that have broken barriers um, in, in our game, soccer specifically in this city. Uh, it's a big day for them, and, and congratulations to National Women in Sports Well Day. said. Well said. Jen Cease. She had a big day. 
She did. She was and all Lindsay, over. Lindsay Eversmeyer today had a big yeah. day. There's a lot of people. Uh, our, our, our guest today, good segue, uh, he coached at the women's uh, high school level for a long time. Well, um, so here's what we're going to do. Kudos to that. Do you, do you have one more? No. Nope. You're good. I'm good. All right. Here's what we're going to do. We are going to take a brief break. And when we come back, we're going to have a father-son combo. Uh, I'm excited. I, and I'll get the details, but they are both in an incredible soccer hall of fame that we'll talk about. Uh, I don't think the only ones, but it's one of a very small it's group, a small of, group. Yeah. of uh, club members. So thanks for listening. Uh, like, follow, share, review, all that easy stuff uh, on this break, because it's probably going to be like my voice or maybe my wife's voice or Max. We got to get you on a commercial, Jared. That would be the best thing this show could have, take place. I know. That, that's I what mean. the show is missing. <laughs> a commercial with Jared's voice. What do you think, Zach? Yeah. I, I, that's, if we did that, we would just skyrocket. Yeah. Skyrocket. Tantalizing voice. Yeah. Skyrocket. Yeah. We're going to land on the other side of this break. See you in a second. Zach here. My day job is all about making things easier for our customers. And of course, muting text messages from JB and Jared. So when Chris, Bill, and Pete at Pinnacle Real Estate Advisors talk about making things easy, I get it. No one likes getting burnt on any process or worse, disappointed by false promises. Go to thepinnacleloans.com and speed up your purchase, refi, or second home goals. Those two cadets and one junior bill, they make it easy. We're back. How many people have done this uh, song? Oh, totally. I mean, Not a lot. This is the original, right? Yeah. Yeah. Harry Chapin. Okay. Yeah. Who did it? Like, Ugly Kid Joe maybe did it? Uh, <laughs> in the late 90s, early 2000s? I think a lot of people have done this. Yeah, I don't know. I was listening to Radiohead then. <laughs> <laughs> late 90s? I was Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm rolling this in with a little uh, Cats in the Cradle in honor of our guest today. Uh, one of the most iconic songs really ever about a father-son relationship, uh, which is apropos given that we have a father-son combo on the, on the mics today. Um, two St. Louis Soccer Hall of Famers, the Westbrooks. <laughs> Gentlemen, how are we doing? Thanks for having us. Steve, thank, how thank, are you? Thank you very much for having us. Now, nah, this is going to be fun. Uh, it was really, uh, uh, you know Bill Luby, correct? Sure. Um, Bill, Bill's listening. I guarantee he's listening. Uh, he has become our unofficial booking agent. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's our I incredible fan supporter of the show. And it's funny, when we, when we started this, we knew that there was a list of names that we wanted to have on the show. And you know, it was it was kind of a lot of the obvious names uh, for us as kids growing up in the marketplace. It's who we would go to the watch the steamers, and you know who we knew. And and then you meet a guy like Bill digitally. We've never met him in person. I can't wait to meet him in person. And all of a sudden, he starts texting us. Well, what about this guy? What about this guy? What about this guy? And we take the time, and we're like, okay, you know, because St. Louis, it's one of those weird, good problems to have. There's so many names that 
you feel bad when you're like, oh, I don't know, who is that? And then you look it up and you read the, the resume that, you know, like the, the one that you guys sent over. And it's like, damn, yes, that name, you guys should have been on this list earlier. <laughs> so that's a long way of saying thank you for coming on. This is going to be a lot of fun because you've got generations of soccer to talk about here. Oh, yeah. So um, let's set the table here because this is usually what we do out of the gate. Uh, for the listener to kind of give a, a time frame, a reference, so that we can like frame, you know, where we're starting. Uh, Dad, we're going to start with you. All right. <clears throat> uh, s- standard question starts off: North side or South side? South side. <laughs> south side. <laughs> that didn't take long. <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit about the years, the early days, because I know that your high school days, you were at CBC. Correct. Uh, give it. Give us a. Give us a uh, snapshot of. You know, in time. Okay. Uh, when you when you got in the game, you were playing at CBC. Talk about your relationship to the game early. Well, prior to CBC, obviously, uh, everyone who was Catholic uh, played soccer, and uh, we played. The, I went to St. Cecilia's and uh, played grade school soccer at St. Cecilia's, and then uh, went to CBC and graduated in '55. And uh, 1955, 1955. Whoa, still fit, too. And uh, yeah, I think he can still play. We're on the wrong <laughs> side of that trajectory, <laughs> <laughs> and and it, it, it was a thrill. Oh, don't be bashful. You graduated in 1955 from CBC. Correct. What happened in the time that you were playing at CBC? Well, well, we won the equivalent nowadays to the state championship. We were right. the first CBC team in 55 to win what they called district championship. What do you think about that, Terry Mickler? That was before you. Uh, That's right. Terry's 10 years younger than I am. So he he graduated in 65. I graduated in 55. So so what's funny about what Jared just did, because in real time, we are all three receiving a text message right now qualifying why his his first state title was different. So um, so, let's Lay of the land, though. Um, why soccer? Where, did you come from a soccer household, or was yes, it just I did. kind of? My, my dad played uh, for Spanish Society, and uh, he, he uh, played for a championship team uh, when they won the city championship uh, called Schenberg's Market on Chippewa and Grand Avenue, which wow. is no. Uh, oh yeah, that, that was in 1935 or 36. And, uh, well, Chippewa and Grand, now that's where I get my White Castle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that corner. But this goes, but, this but, goes to the, the, the conversation we've had a lot around kind of the, the generational advances that St. Louis has over a lot of other cities that are in the U.S. Is that, oh. is that the 30s? Is that what we're I talking mean, about? You're talking about your dad playing in the, in 30s, the 30s, your grandpa, Steve, playing yep. in the 30s. And, and Dick, you were... You know, middle school, junior high, Correct. when the 1950 team beats England. Uh, oh, that's right. Uh, right? It, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. I played against those guys and with those guys in later life. Ugh. But, I mean, you know, you talk about Charlie Colombo, Gino Periani, Pee Wee Wallace, Frank Borgie, Harry Keel. And then there was another St. Louisan on that team who was a reserve, Bobby Annis. A lot of people don't recognize that. 
but Bobby was on that team too. Wow! So uh, St. Louis had a, a a great great following. And so J- Jared and I were joking before the show that you know you guys won the district title. Yes, yes. In 1955, because nobody else in the state was playing soccer. That's, Is that's that? correct. That's okay. correct. It, 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 it was a well, St. Louis sport, really. Right. Yeah. Well, let's clarify. What we're really saying is... Nobody in Kansas City. Nobody in Kansas yeah. City yeah, was right, playing soccer. Right. No, right. We, we knew where we were going with that. Yeah. I wasn't going to say I appreciate you teeing that up for me, though. Yeah. Um, well done. What, let me... Let me ask you then, sure. uh, the, the the club days, oh, you know, yeah. you know, high school, post high school. Sure. Um, who were you playing with? Where were you guys playing? You know, who were some of the guys who were on the field with you sure. in, in the local club scene yeah. uh, during that well, gen? I, I played for Crownland Sunday Morning Club, and uh, we played, of, of course, against Simpkins, and I named uh, some of the guys from Simpkins, but. I can't go any further without saying John and Pete Trena on that team too. On sure. Simpkins, yeah. Joe Spica was on that team. Uh, it, you know, it was wonderful. And of course, <laughs> the the dominant team in, in in my years of playing was Kudus. Yep. And now we're talking, as we discussed before, Bill Luby and uh, <laughs> Bob Rooney and Harry Keough and Val Pelizzaro and Bill Eppy and. Um, did, did Bill Luby on them Kudas teams, did they win six straight national championships? Uh, during the so. 50s, yeah. yeah. At that time, it was the uh, Amateur and Open Cup. And uh, they, they were champions uh, six years. Yeah. So, so let, let's bring in uh, Steve here sure. into, into the mix. Um, Steve, you, you know, as a kid, you... I, you you told us beforehand six. There were six of Let's you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the oldest of the of the six. Oldest of the six. And I went everywhere. I went everywhere with my father. Yeah. Um, it was it's fantastic. You know, growing up, I'm probably about I can remember back when I was at least four or five. But on Saturday mornings, he'd go down to Crowley Park <clears throat> and play in this place called the Hole. It's just on the other side of the tracks of uh, of. Uh, Crowland Park. Yeah. And it's pickup soccer, something that is missed now I nowadays. Oh, yeah. you know, Isn't it weird that that doesn't exist? Doesn't exist. In, in, in our markets. Right. No. Yeah. And uh, I'd follow him and, you know, watch the kid, you know, watch the guys play. And then I'd say, you know, I get to kick the ball. And as I grew older, then I got to play when I was probably around in eighth grade. But, uh, you know, like I said, just going with him everywhere. And plus, he. He was also a great baseball player too. He, he didn't tell you about that. He was drafted oh, by the Reds too. So drafted by the Reds, really? Yes. They were probably called the Red Stockings then, were they not? <laughs> no, no, that, no. That, 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 uh, uh, Cincinnati Reds. Yeah. Okay, not, not the not, Red Stockings. Not the Boston Reds. <laughs> okay, they were the Red Stockings. They were the right. Red Stockings. Yeah, yeah, Boston was. This is a soccer show. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well no, I mean, that's, I, I, I want to ask. Uh, so you get drafted, I'm, obviously. They want you to be a pro. They want you to go down that path. Uh, why no, or why did that? Well, well my dad kind of wanted me to uh, continue. He wanted me to get a college education. Okay. So that, uh, and as, as it turned out, I met my wife. So, I mean, it was a win-win situation. So you, well, you were so, a baseball so Steve's player. Like, yeah, screw baseball. Thank we, God. We, we, just had, <laughs> we just had Pat McBride sitting in the same seats that you guys are sitting in. And I didn't bring this up 
on our our discussion with him. The no no. He hit. He yeah. He pitched a no a no hitter uh-huh. in high school, in baseball, which isn't common. Yeah, right. <laughs> Even yeah. in high school, yeah. but the amount of folks, Don Draghi, baseball player. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, so many folks that we've interviewed over the last couple of you know uh, yeah. months that that without question excelled in soccer, but also baseball was still a big part of the oh, St. Louis sure. community. Sure. So how did you you know J- JB kind of asked why soccer and you said well two things one college and your wife, but what do you think gave you did did, did baseball give you somewhat of an advantage and, and Steve I'm sure you played more than one sport oh, yeah. played, growing up as well yeah, I'm sure played baseball as well yeah so how, how did those two come together you think well uh, going back to my era what, what we did in the winter time was play soccer what we did in the summertime was play baseball so I mean th- that was just automatic yeah well, once the weather changed you you hung up your cleats and got you, your glove and you got your glove <laughs> yeah. how, how good would that kid in the sandlot have been at soccer oh which one you know balls no <laughs> well the catcher would have been terrible but the guy who jumped the fence to get the ball <laughs> yeah the, uh, I think he was Hispanic he'd have been okay <laughs> yeah yeah that's what I was <laughs> so back in the day then Steve we, when you when you start you know, to kind of realize your own path, or you're 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 uh, falling into your own passion. Was it soccer out of the gate, and if so, was it because of dad? Well, no, I, I'd say I, w- I was like my dad. I played, you know, soccer, and then the next uh, season came, and I played baseball. I love baseball. Yeah. And then the next season, play you play uh, basketball. Yeah. So it was three. When I grew up. I was. We didn't have any club teams either. Yeah. You grew up in the Cory League or the CYC. We only played Junior Cup. So I played Junior Cup for three years, but soccer was always wanted to be my passion. You know, I loved it. Um, I was also coached by a great coach, George Mihalovich, who, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I started going there when I was probably in about third or fourth grade. In fact, I was playing for CYC, and in third grade after that, my dad pulled us out, pulled me out. He goes, you're not going to get better playing for the CYC team. That was actually <laughs> school I was at. So he goes, listen, we're going to, you know, we go play quarterly. But uh, I was, like I said, I was with my dad. I was down at Crownlet Park, and George Mihalovich was watching me play. And, you know, he goes, Dave, who, who are you? Where's your dad? I want to talk to him. I want to, you to come to my school. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know what the heck he's talking about. But then, so Mr. Mihalovich lived on the other side of Crowley Park. We lived on the other side. So he would pick me up on Tuesdays and Thursdays or Mondays and Wednesdays. And then we'd pick up Tommy Malley, and you guys probably heard of him. And we'd hit, and I'd go to a soccer school. And my dad would coach Joey Bolovich, and he would go pick up Joey Bolovich for his for soccer right. practice. So, yeah, I mean, so I, awesome. you know, then when I got uh, probably about sixth or seventh grade, I, I chose wanted to make sure I, you know, chose soccer for and, sure. And where'd you go to high school? CBC, C- CBC as well. Right. I did. Uh. <laughs> well, hold on. No, we're obviously not on video, but Dad just squirmed like, of course it was going to be CBC. You didn't go to SLU? No, I didn't. Oh. Oh. One, I couldn't and go in, but two, he'd kill me. <laughs> but no, when I was, you know, growing up south, you know, you, St. Mary's was a big dominant school. Right. And I, I really wanted to kind of go there, too, because oh, your guys, friends. Madison How you? and yeah. Bull Kern and 
uh, Danny Werner and those guys. Oh, yeah, Boker. Okay, uh, no, all you, those guys. You're a little bit old. We just had Chuck Nash on recently. Yeah, I'm a little bit older. Same there, yeah, a couple yeah. years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But so, I wanted to yeah, go, sorry, maybe go there, but my dad goes, oh, you're going to CBC. You don't look it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Chuck looks older than you. Oh. <laughs> no, Chuck, I'm just kidding. You look pretty good. <laughs> he, looks, he looks good. But the main reason why what really sold me on CBC, when my dad was uh, Mickler's assistant coach, when Mr. Mickler became the head coach at CBC, but he coached football in the, in the winter. So my he called my dad and said, would you take the – Warm up, you know, not the warm, uh, the uh, preseason. So my dad took the preseason. My mom would drive me every day to CBC when I was in eighth grade, and I would train with um, Draggy, Billy Bourne, Kevin Egan, Jerry Howell, that class. Wow. Wow. And I said, I'm going to CBC. So, so, so let me ask you. Dick, yes. I'm going to call you Dad. Okay, yeah, I'm going to say, Hey, Dad. Sure. He said that we going to live for him. This, how? What was the? Were you cognizant of Steve's path? Did you know early on that he was excelling? That there was something, you know, there was something in the juice, right? Oh, uh, very, and very much so. Very much so. And how, how did you, as a player, though? How did you? How did you manage that? Because this is this is a point in the show where there's a lot of parents that are listening that probably mm-hmm. used to play that have kids that they you know that are playing as well. Talk about your own, how you manage that process with him excelling and, and, and what you did to lean into it or to stay out of the way. How did you manage that? Well, Steve hit it on the head. I, I, I stayed out of the way when, when Steve went with George Mahalovic like that to, to the school. But uh, I would advise parents nowadays just just to stay out. I, I mean, you can, you can push so, so, so far. But then, you know, kids will make up their own minds, and uh, and thank and thank God for it. But uh, you you could tell when at an early age if if they have the the talent to proceed and if they have the will. That that's the big thing. Yeah, the you, will. You have to have the will to to work hard. You have to have you have to have it up here, meaning in the head. Yeah. More so than the feet. Well, I agree. So I'm going to go back to you, Steve. Uh, high school. Uh, what was your high school years like? What you know? Obviously, the teams did well. But w- what was your experience? And where I'm going with this is walk us up to kind of that senior year, maybe end of junior year, when you start to think about the next step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terry's your coach, right? Sure. And, 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 yes. and talk about coach. the guys that you played with while you were in high school as well. Right. Okay, so 1974 class was a great player, Jimmy Roth. Uh, 75 class would be uh, Mike Kelly, who went to SIU, Richie Werdeck, who was South Carolina and played pro for a while. Mark Krause, Kevin Whalen. Krause, yeah. Uh, 76 class was a great class. Malley, Bono, Freitag, Carney, uh, Oh, Girk and Sindobri, Paul Turner and Goal. We start when we uh, start the season. We started nine seniors and myself and Tommy Mickler. So we started heavy senior class, but had a lot of injuries, and um, we probably underachieved that year for sure. 
I always give Pat Carney a lot of trouble, but I say that's the most underachieving <laughs> class, that class. And I did, I'm almost in did, tears. Did you win any state titles during No, you? I did not win a state title, but and we does, lost the same areas three out of four years, does, too. Does, does it was dad, probably coaching. Uh, does dad rub that in a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, Terry. We're going to get a note on that from Terry later. <laughs> Sorry, Terry. <laughs> no, but my senior year, I think, I think when that class left ahead of me, I think Ms. Mickler was thinking, oh, boy, the senior, our senior class. We were gonna have a long season, we and we overachieved. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it was it was fun, and you know, lifetime friends. Well, so so I want to I want to get into you're excelling at CBC, you're getting looks, and you're approaching your senior year. Or you're in your senior year. What was the uh, college process or pathway? What was that like for you? In the mid-late 70s. Yeah. Uh, well, it was ex- very exciting for sure. Uh, there weren't as many teams nationwide as there are now. There, were, You know, you think about South Carolina, there wasn't even a South Carolina. The, a lot of schools that came to uh, St. Louis recruit, obviously, were SLU, SIU, UMSL, uh, Flow, Merrimack, Michigan State. Michigan, well, Michigan State was the club. They came back a club team, and then they went back. As a, okay. Before that, then they were. You had Western Illinois, Eastern, Quincy, a big Quincy. powerhouse. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Jack you McKenzie. Know. Yeah. So as a kid, most kids want to either go to SLU or SIU. Well, I wanted to go to St. Louis University, but. Ty Keo and Larry Helser are the two midfielders. I'm not going to play. <laughs> and SIU, you know, they had uh, Matt Malloy, Ebert, uh, uh, Bazada, Timmy Clark, Timmy Gelker, Trucial. And they went, you know, and then my good buddy Mike Freitag went to Indiana. So I was recruited, recruited to Indiana. And I said, well, you know, was it Jerry directly? Did, did you engage with Jerry? Oh, yeah, sure, yeah. He, he, uh, didn't see me play, but Mike Freitag, who went to CBC and we played on the same club team together, said, yeah. "We got to get me up there." So I did. I went on a recruiting trip, and and the uh, rest is history. I went there for four years, and it was very, you know, it was a great program. So, yeah. so I want to switch over to Dad real quick. As a dad, you have six kids. Your oldest plays the game you love, goes to your alma mater, is excelling. And he gets the call from Jerry or the, you know, however that works. Jerry Gagley, by the way. Jerry Lee, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's pretty good. Yeah. Um, uh, people well, reference people, him as Godfather. People know of him. <laughs> they, yeah, yeah, they've heard yeah Mar- Mario Puzo is going to write a book about him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what did that mean to you as a dad with well, when he got that opportunity to go to Indiana to play soccer? My, my, my buttons came off my chest. I mean, I, I'm, I'm so proud. Yeah. And, uh, okay. You know, it, it, it's a... Uh, I know Steve was thrilled, but it, uh, you have no idea how, how my wife and I felt. You know, it, it was wonderful. And uh, it, it, it just blossomed you, through the whole family. Do you guys remember the day? Do you remember the, the moment or the... The conversation. I, I, I like these snapshots. Yeah. Like, was it a phone call? Were you at home? Yeah, it was a phone call out of out of the blue. I guess my mom or somebody answered. My mom answered probably and said, "Steve, for you." It was probably your one sister. Yeah, <laughs> it could have been. <laughs> Steve, for you. <laughs> Heard a phone down. Yeah, hey, this is Jerry Yagley. You know, he talks very yeah, yeah. professional. This is Jerry Yagley, coach of the Indiana University, and uh, I've you know we'd like to bring you up for. A, visit and uh, we're a very good program and 
And I'm like, yes, sir, yes, sir. You know, my, 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 I was shaking, you know. Yeah. And uh, because, you know, I knew they were very successful to begin with before I was Heck even yeah. there. I mean, they went to the final two. They were only a four year, uh, varsity program, probably three or four years 1973, they were founded. I was right. going to ask. And, yeah. and so, like, some metrics there is... Uh, NCAA Turner tournament runner-up in '76 and '78. The, 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 that's your era, correct? '78 and '80. '78 and '80. Okay, and, and then also NCAA Turner tournament runner-up in 1980. So, like, that's I, when I, I was there. 80, I, I, I guess, yeah. like, for our listeners and, and for me, that I kind of want to uh, just just talk about a little bit is right now Indiana men's soccer is is for me is the cream of the crop. I mean, these guys, what they're doing at the national level year after year, the records they're doing. Um, they're they're post-collegiate draft. Yeah, I mean, just everything that they're doing. They, they are a North Star, clearly, in our men's game. So to be there um, in the late 70s when the program's relatively new and you guys are having a lot of early success, can you talk about those years early on in that program and, and, and what it meant for you guys to be like uh, 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 just early guys in that program and, and, and trying to cut your teeth because you guys put it on the map too because Indiana is a basketball state first. Oh, yeah. And so um, that's, that's pretty exciting because you guys are kind of the, the forefathers of the program, if you will. Yeah, I, I, you know um – they also they lost in '76 too. So the year when Freitag was a uh, when I was a senior, they lost that year, and that's kind of why he said, "Oh boy, they're really good. I would probably get, you know, like to go there." But they had a lot of St. Louis guys up there as well. So that's another reason why it made it a lot easier. They had Freitag, mm-hmm. Timmy Walters, Joe Andert, Joe Kelly, and then guys that had graduated and st- stuck around like uh, Rick Spray, Tommy Redman. Um, and then the guys from Chicago, and then of course they had the best player that ever played there in, in the uh, Angelo Di Bernardo. So that was made it real easy. And I had happened to play with the two best players ever played in Indiana, Angelo, uh, Angelo and Armando Betancourt, who has passed on. Who passed on? Uh, but those two guys were fantastic, fantastic players. But uh, Indiana, they they recruit a lot of uh, uh, Americans. They yeah. build their program yes. on Americans. They get guys from, well, at my time, they got guys from St. Louis and guys from Chicago. And then they had, you know, like I said, they Michigan filled in with guys. Angelo and Armando, and it, it, it just really fit well. He would have, like, the guys, uh, I think they kind of recruited the, the guys from the back for uh, from St. Louis and then fill in with midfielders from Chicago and a forward, or, and a forward from St. Louis and a forward from Chicago. So... You know, when I lost in 1980, uh, we started seven seven St. Louis guys. And the only reason why we didn't start the eighth was when Danny King, his first college game, he, he got uh, did his knee. No. And uh, he uh. was out after 10 minutes after his first game in college. Otherwise, we would have started eight. Oh, and Keith Meyer, uh, uh, Keith Meyer also was on that national team, so he was in and out all the time. Anyway, we probably would have started eight to nine St. Louis guys. So eight, well, well, eight me, out of 11, even just that. Well, so, so I want to ask your opinion because uh, it's, it's not a secret. Uh, obviously, SLU University has the most stars on its, on its chest. Uh, but the last one 
was a long time ago. 73. And that time frame, you're part of that kind of transition, really, in in collegiate soccer dominance, uh, because starting your generation, the powerhouse was Indiana. Correct. Yeah, switched Um, to Indiana for sure. What did did that mean to you? Because you, you grew up a St. Louis homer. You're a Southsider, like SLU University as a kid is like, oh my God, that's that's Mecca, right? And even you, Dad, I'd love your input on this too, knowing that your son was not going to SLU, but he's going to Indiana. And there's this, there's this shift, really a tectonic shift in collegiate soccer. Um, did, did that resonate with you that the, the new wave was not going to be in the three one four, but it was going to be in Western Indiana. Did, <laughs> did did that make sense to you at the time? Well, not at the time, but uh, you know, <laughs> we I don't know what to say other than that when I was there in college, we beat SLU three out of the four years I was there. We beat SIU two out of the three, and uh, yeah. So <laughs> well, well, let me ask you, Dad. <laughs> Because you're you're sitting in the front row, you're watching it, you grew up with those wins at SLU, you knew those individuals, you played with those individuals, and then you see your son go, not there, but to IU, and then all of a sudden, boom, there's this, what Jerry and the program did there. Mm -hmm. What, what did that mean to you as a soccer lover well, for your son and for college soccer? I, 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 I was just ecstatic that he chose Indiana, and uh, it, it, it was a thrill. And uh, you could see the program uh, right, right away that it was evolving in, in the right direction, and which it proved out to be. But uh, I, the, the, the campus, uh, the school, everything was top-notch. And uh, whatever he wanted, uh, that, that, that was fine with, you know, my, my wife and I. And uh, we, we applauded him. Well, Steve, let me ask you this, and then we're going to take a quick break. How was the trash talking when you came home in the off season? <laughs> a lot of trash talking. <laughs> <laughs> to this day, it's a lot of trash talking. Does it ever die? No, it never it dies. It never dies. No. <laughs> but... It really, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm registering this because, again, shame on us. We don't do a lot of homework, but it's it's occurring to me that, like, that's a big, big shift in the collegiate game, yeah. you know, and you you were on the front row, man. Kudos to you. That was Thank awesome. You. Thank you. And you kept that pipeline open, right? Oh, God, there's a ton of St. Louis guys still that, you know, he recruited, and he recruited a lot of CBC guys, too, and, and the oh, SMAT yeah. players. Oh, yeah. Well, it's Blooming, Bloomington, Indiana is kind of like part of the Metro East right now. <laughs> Might as well be in Madison County. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, we're here at Mellow Mushroom. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to get some refills, and when we come back, we're going to talk uh, coaching and more coaching yes. and MLS and high school soccer because, you know, we've got to talk about high school versus club. Do we? We do. Oh. It's it's in our bylaws. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say two dive bars, by the way? Oh, yeah, please oh, do. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> what do you got? Who's Doc yours? House, Holly Hills, Morgan oh, Ford. Yes. yes. Friendlies, Baylor's 55. Oh, oh friendlies. friendlies. That's where I, Bernie and uh, Slayton have their show yep, on. Oh, yep. I love that. Doc House. I can't. Have you been there lately? Uh, Probably about 
three or four weeks ago. Uh, that's pretty, <laughs> that's pretty <laughs> late. I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll catch you guys on the other side. You, you Walking back to Georgia, what? and I hope she will take me back. Nothing in my pocket. The term staycation was really invented by soccer moms. Located one hour and seven minutes from the arch, the Music Box Chalet at Innsbruck is a hidden gem. Buried in three acres of private woods, the Music Box has a master suite for just you, a loft and second bath for them, and a vinyl collection to meet your every mood. The full-size kitchen will easily accommodate three to 12 bottles of rosé, while the huge fire pit seating area will keep the big kids busy. Golf, fishing, kayaking, pickleball, or simply reading a book with Mother Nature, all at your fingertips. Visit either VRBO or Airbnb to find the Music Box Chalet. And now, back to those guys. It'll make sense. Okay. I'm waiting patiently, but excitedly. Well, I picked up on something our guest uh, was uh, mentioning earlier. His uh, residence in California. Okay. Yeah. Do you remember what city he was? He was up in uh, Irvine. No, no, not Irvine. It was uh, El Segundo. El Segundo. Yeah. This this is Tribe Called Quest. Okay. I left my wallet in El Segundo. <laughs> <laughs> Having a little fun with this one. Uh, we're back. Second half. <clears throat> do we really call it second half, though? Because we do we an do. intro. No, it's second half. So pre-game. pre-game. First half, yeah, second half. You. In fact, I just <laughs> ran into some friends of mine from high school slash college. Hey, listen, listen. <laughs> I like it. I told you. <laughs> I mean, you can't let it go too long without the FCC jumping on us. Yeah, we don't go on YouTube anyway, so they won't take it. No, but yeah, so I, I ran into some friends here at Mellow Mushroom, and I said, "Yeah, we're in our our halftime break." <laughs> I like it. Yeah, halftime break. I, got, I we'll start using that. I mean, it's real. I mean, our, our formula has been somewhat predictable in that we had the pregame, which is us just talking nonsense for a little while, and then first I get, half. I get split uh, feedback on our pregame. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, we had a. <laughs> it's not, I don't know why they took it down, but there was a review. I think it was on Spotify. Uh, I don't know why these dipshits talk before their guests. Just bring the guest on. <laughs> that was definitely one of our wives. <laughs> probably. No, no, that was a jerk off from Kansas City. Uh, probably. Oh, That's well, who it was. Which one? All one of, of them. One of the 1.8 <laughs> million. <laughs> hey, we're back with uh, Dick and Steve Westbrook, uh, two St. Louis Soccer Hall of Famers. Uh, father-son combo with just incredible stories laid out here. Um, second half of the show, I think it would make sense. Um, I'd like to shift into more of the coaching and the experience on that side uh, because both of you obviously have long uh, a resume, long resume, uh, coaching at a multitude of different levels. 
And and the reason why I want to talk about your coaching experience because I want to tie it into kind of the past and the present and maybe even the future state of kind of youth soccer and high school soccer and you know because you've you've seen it over literally decades and I want I want I want to get your take on it. So let's start with you, Dad. Okay. Um, <clears throat> you come out of playing. Uh, you decide it's time to pass along my knowledge and my attitude and all my grit to the next gen. Um, uh, why, why coach? And oh. where where did where did you coach early on? Well, I I coached at uh, Bush, uh, but uh, w- why? Best place ever. <laughs> Jared's about to start tearing up. But, but but why did I coach? Because it, it, it's it's part of the game, you know. Uh, give it back. Once you that's right. Once you stop playing, I mean, you want to give back something if if you can. That's yeah. what we're and, doing here. Good. Absolutely. <laughs> we can't coach. But but it it, uh, it 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 was it was great. You know, I uh, I. I started out with the little kids, and uh, you could see developments. You can see uh, it, it, it was just, and you're part of the game, and uh, that, that that's why I got into coaching. Well, and, and I'm glad I did. Well, Steve, I, I mean, here's the thing. This is the tough part about this episode because you guys have so much that we could talk about, and I don't want to skim over your professional playing career. But I do want to address it in the context of coaching here, because you you leave Indiana and you you immediately you keep playing, you keep the boots on, uh, a combination of indoor as well as outdoor. Um, talk real briefly uh, your indoor career, because wh- where did you go first? Well, first I was drafted by Wichita Wings. The Wings, yeah. So I went to uh, 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 Wichita for indoor, Detroit for outdoor, back to Wichita, back to Detroit, back to Wichita. So you played year-round? Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Detroit was the outdoor team. And then Detroit folded, and then I moved to Dallas and finished up my last two years playing outdoor in Dallas. So you you guys won the championship in Detroit? 1982. 40,000 fans, Pontiac Silverdome. Holy how, crap. how awesome was that? Wow. That was unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, was, there was probably a lot of giveaway tickets, but still 40,000 fans. Still, they see showed us. up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. That's awesome. I, I, I think Detroit's one of those cities that they're fighting for an MLS club. Oh, they heart. I mean, Detroit Motor City. And oh yeah, all that. Sure. They've got a rich place. history. It, it would be a great, Tampa Bay, it, it Detroit be a great are those MLS two city. cities that I think It'd be are, an excellent MLS yeah, city. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, sure. I agree. So, so in the context of coaching, um, you know, when, when your playing career, paid playing career, comes to an end. Did you know immediately that coaching is what I want to do? I had uh, three kids, so I wanted to coach my my kids. Okay. And I started off coaching them, and then uh, Shane, the oldest, finished uh, winning the national championship with with Bush. And uh, then Kyle, who was my middle son, we moved to Chicago. And uh, so he played up to 16 in St. Louis. And then... My daughter wanted to get in the acting industry, so at age 50, I moved to California. <laughs> and uh, I was in the transportation industry back working in St. Louis, a real job. Yeah. When I moved out to California, I just, I just coached soccer. 
and uh, they, you know, it's a it's a paid job out there. You know, sure. for you soccer. So, so so this is a question that I ask repeatedly to coaches and mm-hmm. and developers, etc. And I, I would love to get the take of the two of you because you've seen players at different levels for literally your whole lives. At you know, from teammates to uh, to to kids you're coaching, and that is the it. Um, it's a theme. So whenever I say a player has it, how would you? Let's start with you, Dad. Okay. What is what is it to you when you're watching a group of? Uh, I don't want to go too young, but you know, a mid-teen or an older teen player. What is it? At that age, what are you looking for? Work ethic. If, if, if and and also, will will they accept what, buy into what you're saying? And if they do that, uh, you have a successful person. Now, is, is that was that kind of the your benchmark as a coach, as a high school coach? Well, um, yes, for playing time, you know. That, that, that was a benchmark. But uh, when we started out, uh, Val Pelizero, who played on the uh, Kudas teams of the, of the 50s, uh, asked me, uh, we're starting a, a JV program. And he says, would you be interested? And I said, Val, I never coached girls in my life. And he says, come on out. And if you don't like it, no, no harm, no foul. So after about 15 minutes, I, I was I was you were engrossed. I was and, in. And, and you, you you have such an amazing career, but a lot of it was at Viz, right? Yeah, oh, that's what yes. we need to talk about. So I, I, as a daughter of a dad as well. Okay. Um, as a dad of a daughter. <laughs> I am not a daughter of a dad. As a dad of you a daughter. You have daughter tendencies, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always fascinated by NC17 who choose to go into the coaching profession with women and girls. Especially with his playing career, his sons that played he at a high level. Five sons, one daughter. Yeah. And, that's and, crazy. And the majority of your coaching career was with women. That's correct. So what was it about working with the women that was like, yeah, this is this makes way more sense? Well, uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and as you answer the question, because I was just, you took the words out of my mouth, Zach. Great question. Um, you didn't only coach girls in Viz, but in the early through the mid 2000s, did you win five state championships? Yeah. So, yes. so you, you didn't just coach girls, you did it at a <laughs> yeah. high clip. So, dip and dodge through the question like that, because what Zach said first, and then you had a lot of success with it, that, that, that's a pretty awesome timeline in your soccer career. Well, thank you. But uh, it, 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 it was the work ethic of, of, of the ladies. I mean, you could coaching boys are different than coaching ladies. You could tell a boy, you, if you go through that wall, you'll, you'll get a goal. <laughs> and, uh, they, you know, they'll, they'll slough you off. But a girl will keep on trying to go. Yeah. And they'll figure out, maybe they'll go around or up or down, but, but they'll get there. They'll, they'll get there. And now, if you said there was a beer on the other side of the wall, Jared would be like, head first. <laughs> He's done. But, yeah. but hey, not have been not, my fourth and fifth goal that game. <laughs> hey, Steve, uh, I'm, I'm going to pose the question to you, because, um, but I'm going to ask you in a little bit of a different light, given your professional career, when, when, I, when I say it, 
when you think of it from a player standpoint, be it, you know, individuals that you played with, against, or brought up, and then leaning into, you know, your coaching experience, what do you look for, or how do you describe the, it in a player? Well, like, first of all, like people that uh, show up and work hard at training and have good attitudes and just work, 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 and accept what we're telling them and trying to help them become a better player instead of become defensive. I want them to, I might not be right all the time, which I'm probably not, but we are the coach and we try to tell them, you know, try it this way. And if you're not succeeding this way, try it, try it that way. So, again, you know, we want players with good attitudes. And it's not just about the winning. We want them to become, you know, off the field. We want them to have, be a good, good citizen as well. Let, let me throw a part B on this to both of you and really just kind of challenge the question just a step further because I think that we know it. And I think it, it's been described to us by many that St. Louis, like when you describe St. Louis soccer, uh, or when outsiders describe it, it's always, oh, man, it's grit. It's this tactical skill. You know, they're going to grind you, et cetera. And what, you're, what both of you described or answered was this work ethic, and et cetera. Let's talk about within the 90 minutes of play. When you watch players, what are you looking for that is special? What, what, what is an example of a special player? Well, I like uh, the forward up top. I like to see them take, uh, as soon as they get around that box, take their guy one-on-one, get in the box. Maybe there's a penalty, maybe not. Like for our wing backs to go forward, the guys in the midfield, possession, east to west. You know, let's don't, let's don't just bang the ball down the middle and hope, hope soccer. You kick the ball and hope somebody gets it. So- you know, soccer, keep, soccer. Keep, I like that. Uh, we want to keep possession. Yeah, it's going and, to uh, I think that's mainly, mainly uh, what I grew up with, what, what my dad taught me, what the other coaches taught me. We want to possess, uh, possess soccer, possess the ball, move it left to right, get the wing backs involved in the game, tighten the back, right, follow up your shots, yeah. shoot when you're around the box. That's how I grew up. I think it's a little different now, but you know, I, I, I think I, I think you're awfully influenced by a Yeagley. <laughs> like, <laughs> look, every, here's what I expect: everybody on the field, be really, really good. <laughs> All right, Dad. I, yeah, go ahead. I want you to answer the question, Dick, and then I have a follow-up to it. Sure. Uh, what 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 I look for in a match are 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 they fit? Can yeah. uh, does does this lady's profile compared to that lady's profile are, are they doing what you expect them to do yeah and and if not well then it's up to the coach to to modify that you know and uh, are they making those runs are they like steve said tight in the back or are they imaginative can 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 they possess something up oh. All, all things that. that the average soccer parent has no idea. Correct. They're not paying attention <laughs> to that stuff. No. So my follow-up is really, it's, it's, it's going to be a long setup. So sure. just tune me out for just a second. No. <laughs> but Jared is. I, I'm, I'm curious to understand, you know, you were growing up in the 50s. Correct. You were growing up in the 70s, Steve. And there wasn't a lot of soccer on TV at the time. Right. Um, and so I don't want to assume you didn't have role models or folks to look up to because we had a lot in the St. Louis area. But did you have kind of role models on the playing side that you wanted to, to be like? And then did you have coaches 
that you wanted to be like that you could kind of pattern your career after or, or look at as kind of a uh, that's if I could be like that person I, I, I think I've made it I mean who were some of those folks that you you guys looked up to and I'll start with you Dick okay on the playing and, and coaching side well I, I, I did look up to a lot, lot of the older players when I was a kid you had two fields. We call it the upper field and the lower field. We've heard that. The, the, the lower yeah. field at Cranlet Park were, were the stars. Yeah. Kudas practiced there. Cranlet Sunday morning. Uh, just Spanish society. And those were my heroes. Yeah. On Sunday, I, I would go in back of the net, and uh, if the shot was wide, we would fight to, to, to get the ball, to, to, to kick it back and play for if, while they were just warming up. Just to be there. Yeah. But the biggest thing was, the biggest thrill, we lived right across the street from the park. And there could be 30, 40 kids playing on the top field. And if they didn't have enough on the bottom sometimes to fill, they would come up and say, Hey, Dick, come on down, or Jim, come on down. Well, my God, you thought that you, you made the World Cup team. It was like, I mean, a, it was like a hole in one. You had to buy all your friends some candy. <laughs> You're not kidding. But, uh, but I mean, it, 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 that's just the way it was. It, 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 it was great. I, I remember sitting in, uh, we played soccer in the wintertime. I remember sitting in the, on, on the hill with a potbelly stove watching my dad, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. I, it's it's amazing to me. So, in that in that playing career, those times, was there anybody that stood out as oh, that's the no, guy I want to be like? I wanted to be like Harry Keel. That makes sense to me. I yeah. wanted to be like Harry. <laughs> and another yeah. gentleman I wanted to be like. I wanted to be like Pete Sorber. Uh, that's also uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I heard mean, of him he, as well. You know, you, you, we played in the mud and everything. Pete Sarver, <laughs> he play, he wouldn't have a speck of dirt on him. Wow. <laughs> he was so smooth out there. We'll move it over to, to the sun, uh, Mr. Westbrook. But yes, I, 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 I want to ask you a question, and I'm going to give um, some love to JB's way because we haven't brought it up. But in the St. Louis Soccer Hall of Fame, you went in and a lot of your career was coaching. Part of your counterpart going into the Hall of Fame was Gene Baker of, of the Granite Cor City. Correct. Uh, can, 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 can you talk about the late Gene Baker? He means a lot to a third, at least, of this podcast. Yeah. Uh, I'm crying. <laughs> you're crying. <laughs> but, right. I, I mean, I mean as, a, as, a, as a coach in, in our high school ranks going in, um, I know he means a lot to JB, but uh, I, I think that his peers across the coaching board – a lot of people had a lot of nice things to say to, about Gene Baker. No, no question. He was always a gentleman, and he knew the soccer. He knew soccer in and out, and uh, his tactics were were unquestioned. I mean, he he was he was terrific. He was not only a great coach, but a, a wonderful, wonderful gentleman. That's awesome. He he took he, he took so much pride in the fact that. <clears throat> well, I spoke to him literally a handful of months before he passed uh, on this show and off the mic he, the thing that he was really proud of because I, I poked him I'm like come on you know you didn't you didn't really answer that question you know you know who was your favorite and I, and I understood and but when I was like you know where's the pride come from is it the trophies etc he's like no it's 
It's all of my graduates that are now coaching the game. Yeah. Like, you know, and I kind of like, I'm looking at the two of you, and I'm, you know, this conversation is, it's it's really unique for us because we're, we're I mean, we're somehow balancing seventy plus years right. <laughs> of playing and coaching, and and it's a lot of fun, and I, and I think that it's leading me to this question um, about pride, pride in 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 St. Louis soccer in particular. You know, and, and for you, Steve, I would ask you to answer first, and that is primarily because you moved around. Mm-hmm. Obviously, within your professional career, you went away to college to, to Indiana, and you played pro in these other markets, and then you coached in Dallas, you coached in Chicago, and you went out to L.A. and, you know, big, big soccer markets, and you, and you work with great, great clubs. What does St. Louis soccer, though, mean to you in the context of your your life with the game, of going to these other quote big soccer markets, how, how important is the culture and what your dad and his his buddies and all of your friends and teams siblings? Yeah, what yeah. what does it mean to you? Well, it means everything to me. In fact, I took everything I knew from St. Louis and I applied that in when I coached in. L.A. El Segundo. El Segundo. You like that song. (laughs) If I coached in Chicago, if I coached in Wichita, wherever I did, I always tried to play the system that I grew up with, something I knew. And then I would find the players that best fit a left back or a right side midfielder. And we, you know, the trainings would be exactly like I grew up with. Well, you you know how we joked about the uh, trash talk, the slew, IU, trash talk, et cetera. Did, did you keep it going, though, on a grander scale, being a St. Louis guy, coaching in those markets with locals from those markets? Or did you kind of keep uh, it in your back pocket? Kept a it in bit? my back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I get Dan, would you have kept it in your back oh, pocket? Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> well, I, 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 I want to go down a, a little bit of a path. So we just had Pat McBride on a couple days ago, sitting right next to you guys, and he got a little emotional at the end of our episode talking about his relationship with Slobo. Oh yeah. And how, you know, Slobo was, was brought to their attention and he had like a 10 day window to get his visa and all that kind of fun stuff. And he teared up and Steve, you got a little emotional yeah. throughout this discussion. And it, it, it gives me the motivation to keep doing what we're doing, oh. but I want to understand from you guys, <clears throat> the relationships that you built, the relationships that pushed you, how much did that have an impact on on you, Steve, kind of continuing to go? Because we talk about the shit talk a little bit. <laughs> but there's got to be some I motivation in the the idea that, man, I, I, I have to show St. Louis that I've I've done it. Like I, I I've I've kept moving forward. How much has that relationship with the game and the people that you've met throughout the game motivated you to continue to, to excel? Well, I just want to represent St. Louis the best way I can and coach them the, the best way I can. Uh, and continue to make, you know, have the kids make friends on their team, and yeah. just like I grew up with. And, you know, some of my best friends still are the guys I grew up with since third or fourth grade on. And I hope the kids that I currently coach do that as well and they seem to be pretty pretty close team we're not that we're not that good of a team we're a little division one team but they work hard every day practice and they're getting better so that's all i can ask dick what about you i mean 
Well, so- soccer to me is, uh, well, St. Louis to me is a big little town yeah. if you play soccer. <laughs> I love that. And yeah. Uh, yeah. everybody knows everybody in the soccer community. And uh, it, it, it is just a way of life. You, you have to realize in my era, you know, you had, I, I talked about uh, Spanish society. Well, you, that was special. You had the Hill. Those were the Italians. Up north, you had the Irish. Yeah. Uh, you know, Kudus, uh, Simpkins. Uh, it, 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 but it was just a way of life. And you grew up with it. And, and if you enjoyed it, you know, thank God uh, the good Lord let me just keep on. My, my wife let me be a kid all my life. Love that. <laughs> And, uh, so, and, and, and so she deserves the trophies. Oh, she no question. <laughs> yeah, we, we have Steve. Steve, that was quick. We have yes, Steve here with us. Yeah. But you also have five other kids who also have excelled in other areas, including soccer. So it's not. I mean, Steve, you have done a great job. Thank you. Don't, don't give me that. <laughs> but you've also had some siblings that have excelled oh, yeah. as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. My brother Scott also played college soccer. My brother Craig played college soccer. Craig, uh, Mark, and Chris will play college soccer, right. I think. Mark's in the Hall of Fame at Fompon. Yeah, Mark's in the Hall of Fame. Who was the best player you had? And you don't have to say him because he's here. I am. Well, no, he, 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 <laughs> <won't>. <laughs> he is. He is? Yeah. Scott, yeah. what do you Craig's think? not here. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Scott. Do you think he's better than Scott? <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> what do you think about that, Scott? Scott's <laughs> hey, hey, and I know we're getting short on time, and I'm going to pick up for JB. St. Louis City. You guys have lived in this city. You guys have played. We just talked about the whole biography of your guys' life and just kind of joked about your siblings. What does it mean to you guys to have an MLS team here now? Oh. And have you guys been to some games? Yes. What yeah. do you think? It, uh, it it means everything. I mean, <laughs> if 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 they could see what Crenlet Park was compared to what they play in, <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean, there was a tree hanging uh, uh, over the over the pitch at Crenlet Park, and if you hit the tree, the ball was still in play. You know, the branch. You know, I mean, <laughs> a big gully right down the middle. But of course, see, I'm going back. You play in the winter time. You know. Sure. But uh, oh, it, uh, the stadium is beautiful. The atmosphere is phenomenal. If anybody has not taken in the game, they're they're missing out. Uh, you have to go down there and and, ex- and experience the experience. It, 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 it's it's wonderful. Steve, what well about said. you? I mean, oh, when I'm you... Ex- really excited about the MLS team for sure. Uh, my brother Craig has season tickets. Yeah. He's asked me to go, but he keeps putting me off. <laughs> oh, you haven't been yet? I have not been to the city game in St. Louis, but I did go down to Nashville Oh, nice! to watch it, uh, the city play. Joe Willis yeah. is the goalie for uh, Nashville, and, and he played for me and my my dad, and we're good friends with the Willis family. And, Are you? Yeah, oh, yeah. And Matt, Matt Pickens is the goalie coach oh, for yeah, that Matt team. Pick, that's right, yeah. And, and he's a St. Louis guy, right, too. Right, right. Yeah. I forgot about that. He's yeah. a Washington guy. Washington, yeah, Washington. Uh, which is where I'm from. Oh, Washington, Missouri? <laughs> yes. Washmo, for those that are friendly. No. Where is that? So, <laughs> not anywhere near Greenwich. Yeah, that, that's great, man. Like, oh, that's yeah. great, guys. Good atmosphere in uh, Nashville as well. 
That's well, where I think our our natural rival would be was Nashville. That's where I hope it's going to be. So when we, we go, I know we, so we can, can hang out. Ball. Yeah. No. It, Bad parking. Bad he wants to go now. up to parking all this uh, friends up there in Chicago, Chicago. and hang out. And <laughs> it, it's it's not Chicago. Look, it, it probably it is, is Chicago. Absolutely Chicago, <laughs> based purely upon you piggyback off of Cards Cubs. Like if you yeah. want to rival, if you want to hate a city. What uh, what what's I do hate, hate about Nashville? What are you gonna hate in Nashville? Nothing. Oh, parking. <laughs> the people. Oh, rent. Nine dollar Miller Lights. You hate you're people not gonna in hate that stuff. <laughs> no, you hate people in Chicago. No, I don't hate people in many places. I hate people. I in love Chicago. Chicago. I love Chicago, the city. I love eating there. I love going there, drinking there, all of it. But when it comes to sports, I hate every ounce of everything about all of their sports. All of it. The Bulls. Yes. And oh, I was there oh. during the Jordan years. All right. And I was like, okay, fine, whatever. But but that was a little that was a little weird no, because it. we didn't have an NBA team. Still don't have an NBA team. You guys are getting me fired up because if, if Nashville is not a rival, if we move to the Eastern Conference, zero percent chance Nashville is a rival. It's a friendly I'll go take down. That bet. I'll hug those guys halfway. I'll take that. Like bet. whatever. Yeah. You guys are music city. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, uh, what, we what, often go what, off the rails here, guys. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I was going to say when when we played, our our big rivals out of town were the, were the Schwabens or Green and White. Okay. Yeah. 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 Where are they from? Uh, Chicago. Yeah. And and they would take Never us. Never heard on, of them. Yeah, they would take us on uh, down on Lincoln Avenue uh, the night before the match. Northside. Yeah. To try to get us uh, loaded or uh, liquored up, and then did you tell them you're from South Side of St. Louis? Oh, that God, beer is yeah. like. Yeah, we got this. It was in your oh, formula. Yeah. yeah. We didn't. We didn't have formula. We had Budweiser. Yeah. Get out of my way. No, I, I, I'm gonna say this one last thing. I I think you know. Steve, your career at Indiana, and then Ken Godat's one of our, our favorite guests yeah. and friends. And oh, CBC boy. Too. CBC? CBC and Indiana guy. Gosh, but CBC's getting old. Oh. It's <laughs> good. I just, I, I'm just amazed at the amount of talent that continuously we still discover at our generation. And I, what I mean by that in, in a 100% respectful way. There's so many people that came out 60s, 70s, 80s that a lot of us haven't ever heard of that have done such amazing things with this game and continue to coach and continue to, to bring out new players. And so I just want to thank both of you for really sticking to it and just... I, I, I'm just amazed. And, and, and well, thank we, well, thanks, thanks for really. having us. Yeah, thank, thank you, you for coming out. I loved it. Uh, Bill Luby uh, checks in yeah, the mail. Hey, Bill. <laughs> you know what? When you said Bill Luby, if you have a minute, he he broke the he broke the crossbar down in Crownland Park one day on a on a strike. Really? Yeah. And uh, oh, he he's a legend. Did he call all the kids up on the upper field to come down and fix it? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, he was it was in the game, and he, he of course you, you have to you have to go back winter. Yeah. Wood yeah. is br- brittle. Yeah. And uh, we had the leather ball. There you go. And it was like a rock, but he, he hit it perfectly. And His foot was fine. Oh, but my God. Well, the wood is destroyed. Yeah, no, he, he, <laughs> was, he was something. We're out of here. Thank you, Mellow Mushroom. Thank you, Stephen Dick. Thank, Thank you, guys. Thank you. Um, Thank you for him. Really appreciate your time. You two jokers, I'll see you next time. Um, yep. 
Can we have a St. Dominic episode? Why do we always have to talk about CBC? <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> We're out of here. You guys have a good night. You too. Thank you. <laughs>